This is the Sasquatch's Monsters of the Clubhouse. Tales of when athletes throw it all away and end up behind bars or worse. Hello, it's the Sasquatch and thank you very much for tuning in to Chapter 3 of Volume 3 of Monsters of the Clubhouse. This week's tale centres on Duke University and the lacrosse scandal. Undoubtedly it is a bit from left field, the sport of lacrosse is not one we've ever delved into too deeply on the mid-season slump, but it's just a tale that I had to kind of regale. Duke University is a private research university in Durham in North Carolina. It was founded by Methodists and Quakers in the present day town of Trinity in 1838 and then it moved shortly thereafter to Durham. Duke is ranked among the top universities in the United States. The undergraduate admissions are among the most selective in the country with an overall acceptance rate of approximately 5.7% for the class of 2025. Duke is the alma mater of one president of the United States, that would be Richard Nixon, and 14 living billionaires. The Duke University Athletic Association chairs 27 sports and more than 650 student athletes. The Blue Devils are a member of the National Collegiate Athletic Association or NCAA Division 1 level. The Football Bowl Subdivision FBS and the Atlantic Coast Conference. You may be more familiar with the Division 1 football team or Coach K's incredible successful 30 year span at the helm of their basketball program which has culminated in 32 players selected in the first round of the NBA draft. However, this story focuses on the Duke men's lacrosse team and the events that transpired on the night of the 13th of March 2006 and the aftermath of those events. The story starts on the night of March 13th 2006. Crystal Mangum, a student at North Carolina Central University, had been working part-time for about two months as a stripper. Although Magnum claimed that she'd only recently taken up stri- stripping, she had actually worked at strip clubs since at least 2002, when she was arrested that year for stealing a taxi and trying to run over a police officer. The incident report stated that she had been lap dancing at a strip club that evening. A party had been held at 610 North Buchanan Boulevard, a house owned by Duke University and used as the off-campus residence of the Duke lacrosse team's captain. The party was intended as compensation for the team having to remain on campus and miss spring break. The players were consuming alcohol at the party and several players did not know that strippers were being hired until the players arrived at the party and were asked to contribute to the strippers fee. A team captain contacted Allure, an an escort service, and requested two white strippers. However, the two women who arrived, Magnum and Kim Mira Roberts, were respectively African-American and biracial. Before arriving at the party, Mangum, by her own admission, had consumed alcohol and flexoral 
a prescription muscle relaxant. Mangum and Roberts travelled to the party separately. Roberts drove herself and arrived first and Mangum was later dropped off by a man. The events from here on in are quite graphic so listener discretion is advised. According to the team captains, one player asked if the strippers had any sex toys and Roberts responded by asking if the player's penis was too small. The player then brandished a broomstick and suggested that she use this. This exchange of words abruptly stopped the performance and both strippers shut themselves in the home bathroom. While the women were still in the bathroom, players Reed Siegelman and Colin, Colin Finnerty left the house. The women eventually came out and Mangum roamed around the yard half-dressed and shouting. According to Mangum, the women were coaxed back into the house with an apology, at which point they were separated. She asserts she was then dragged into a bathroom and raped, beaten and choked for half an hour. Later, police received a 911 call from a woman complaining that white men gathered outside the home where the party took place had called her racial slurs and threatened to sodomize her with a broomstick. Some of the party attendees expressed displeasure that the strippers had delivered a very short performance despite being paid several hundred dollars a piece to perform. The team captain who had hired the strippers tried to convince the women to come back into the house and complete the performance. Both women came back into the house but upon being approached by the player who had earlier held up the broomstick again refused to perform and locked themselves in the bathroom. By this point a number of the party guests had left and the residents of the house including player David Evans were asking the remaining guests to leave because they were concerned that the noise would cause neighbours to complain to the police. When the strippers left the bathroom and the house for the second time, a resident locked the door so they and the guests who had already left the house could not get back in. Shortly before 1am, Mangum and Roberts entered Roberts' vehicle. Robert call, Roberts called the party go- goers short dick white boys and jeered at a player about how he couldn't get it on his own and had to pay for it at which one player yelled we asked for whites not i won't repeat that word mangum and roberts departed in roberts car roberts then called 911 and reported that she just come come from 610 north buchanan and a white guy had yelled the N word letter. The party ended shortly thereafter and everyone including the residents left the house. Police later went to the house as a result of Robert's complaint but got no answer to the door. A neighbour confirmed that a party held earlier had ended. As Roberts drove away with Mangum, the two women began to argue. Roberts stopped the car and attempted to push Mangum out. When that failed, Roberts drove Mangum to a nearby Kroger supermarket, went inside and told a female security guard that a woman was refusing to leave her car. The guard walked to the car and asked Mangum to leave, 
but Mangum remained in the vehicle. The guard later said she had not smelled alcohol in Mangum's breath, but thought she might have been under the influence of other drugs. At 1.22am, the guard called 911 to report that Mangum refused to leave the car. Police then arrived, removed Mangum from the car and questioned her. As Mangum had no identification, would not talk to police, was having difficulty walking and seemed severely impaired. Police took her to Durham Centre Access, a mental health and substance abuse facility for involuntary commitment. During the admission process, she claimed she had been raped prior to her arrival. Mangum was transferred to Duke University Medical Centre. Examination of her skin, arms and legs revealed no swelling, no abnormalities and three small cuts on her right knee and right heel. When asked, she specifically and repeatedly denied receiving any physical blows by hands. Further examination showed no tenderness in the back, chest and neck. There was, however, diffuse swelling of her vagina. Mangum later claimed that she had performed using a vibrator for a couple in a hotel room shortly before the lacrosse team party. This activity, or a yeast infection, could have caused the swelling. Investigators did not note any other injuries in the rest of the report. On the 14th of March, the day after the party, the Durham Police Department began their investigation into the rape allegations by interviewing Mangum and searching 610 North Buchanan pursuant to a warrant. The three team captains who lived at the house, including Evans, voluntarily gave statements and DNA samples to police and offered to take lie detector tests. The police turned down the offer. The DPD made their investigations public on March 15th when Sergeant Mark Gottlieb, the police supervisor, posted on a digital community bulletin board that they were investigating the rape of a young woman by three males at 610 North Buchanan on March 13th and asking anyone in the area who saw or heard anything unusual to contact investigator Benjamin Hyman. Between March 16th and 21st, police showed Magnum photo arrays in an attempt to give her identity to her attackers. Each photo array only contained photographs of lacrosse team members and did not follow the DPD's recommended policy of including photos of individuals not regarded as potential suspects, known as fillers. Mangum identified Siegelman as someone who attended the party, but not as an attacker, and did not identify Evans at all, despite seeing his photo twice. On March 27th, Durham County District Attorney Mike Nifong received his first briefing on the case from Gottlieb and Hyman. Within a few hours of receiving the briefing, Nifong made his first public statement on the case. Over the following week, Nifong, by his own estimate, gave 50 to 70 interviews and devoted more than 40 hours to reporters. After that, he continued to make statements, although less frequently. Many of these statements concerned the team's members' alleged failure or refusal to provide information to law enforcement authorities, the invocation of their constitutional rights, or Nifong's own opinions that a crime had occurred 
that it was racially motivated and one or more of these lacrosse players were guilty. Mangum was shown another photo array containing only photos of the 46 white lacrosse team members, including members who had not attended the party and with no fillers. The photos were shown to Mangum as a PowerPoint presentation with each photo projected individually to Mangum instead of displaying all the pictures arrayed together. For the first time, Mangum identified photos of Siegelman, Evans and Finnerty as her attackers. She also identified at least one other photo as being a player who was present at the party. Further investigations showed he had not been there. On April 10th, an attorney retained by one of the lacrosse players stated that timestamp photographs existed which showed that Mangum was already injured when she arrived at the party and was very impaired. Players attorneys announced that DNA testing by the North Carolina State Crime Lab had failed to connect any members of the Duke men's lacrosse team to the alleged rape. Siegelman and Finnerty were arrested and indicted on April 18th on charges of first degree forcible rape, first degree sexual offence and kidnapping. The same day, search warrants were executed on Finnerty and, D- and Siegelman's dorm rooms. It is here that I must park the story, picking up again on Thursday, but before I park it, there is one thing that I want to mention before returning to the legal proceedings. The allegations inflamed already stained relations between Duke University and its host city of Durham, with members of Duke's lacrosse team being vilified in the press and defamed on and off campus. On May 1st, 2006, the new Black Panthers held a protest outside Duke University. The case drew national attention and highlighted racial tensions within the Durham area and it is for this reason the actions of Mike Nifong are widely scrutinized. At the time the rape allegations were made in March 2006, Mike Nifong was in the midst of a difficult democratic primary election campaign. This in order to keep his position as Durham County District Attorney. He was facing strong opposition. It was understood that if Naifong lost the primary, he would very likely lose his job. Some commentators have opined that Naifong's prosecution of the Duke lacrosse players and his many statements to the media were driven by his political strategy to attract African American voters. The primary was held on May 6, 2006, and Naifong won by a slim margin of 883 votes. Results show Naifong won the primary on the basis of strong support from the African American community. And that's where I'm going to pack the story for now. 
we're back on Thursday. Thanks very much for listening. Look, it does help us an awful lot if you leave a comment, a review, wherever you find this podcast. And as always, any listeners to the mid-season slump have access to offers from The Athletic and USA Sports. They're both in the podcast description. Thanks for listening. Take care.